0: So today, uh, I would like to introduce, uh, again, something a little different, but I think first I'll have to, to in a way, set the context that we we could choose uh, to just have you watch the breath the whole week, or just do one or two things. Uh, We do a retreat like this in April, where we just suggest three things, and that's it. But on this secular Dharma retreat, we're really thinking of a practice for this age, for this time, and very much a practice that you can take into daily life. So, in a way, this retreat is less about let's get into a deep, 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 deep meditation state, and then we push. Uh, the schedule, and you must be here 5 o'clock in the morning, or else, and things like that, which you might have noticed we don't do. (laughs) Because we think you're all adult, and uh, you're able to be uh, independently minded and have your own condition. But you really see that what we're trying to do is actually training and give you tools that you can take them in daily life, because at different times, they can help you in different ways. And so one way to deal with the fact that we suggest different things is to try them out. Each day, I just do what they suggest. Or, if it's a little confusing, then just Keep to the one thing that works for you and you can do easily, and just follow the suggestion for the guided meditation and see, ah, during the guided meditation I'll try to follow the instruction and see how it is. So really seeing what we do uh, in the instruction more as a suggestion that you can do through the day if it suits you, or you can do once a day if that suits you better. And at the same time, trusting a little what seemed to help me to bring stability, to bring openness, which is what is important. As no method in itself is sacred in any way. They're just tools, they're just what might help us to anchor and to look deeply to question in a certain way. Because this is really what is important, not so much the specific technique we use or the specific anchor is more the fact that you can anchor to a certain degree and you can kind of look deeply or question to a certain degree with whatever method or object you (coughs) choose. And so today what i like to introduce, to suggest, is what's called mudita, M-U, D-I-T-A, and basically you can translate it as, or transliterated, approximative meaning as appreciative joy, and altruistic joy. And this is a type of practice, and some of you might know this type of practice as meta-meditation. So M-E-T-T-A, Often there is this word people know meta meditation. And meta meditation is actually loving kindness meditation. Because there is um, a set of practice where you try to cultivate a certain quality. And there are four qualities. The first one is loving kindness, second one, compassion, third one, joy fourth one, equanimity. And so, in a way, what I think is very important to see that through these practices, of course, you can orient, cultivate those quality. but it doesn't mean that you're not cultivating those qualities doing something else. This is a very important point. Personally, I feel we can cultivate mindfulness directly or indirectly, we can cultivate those qualities, loving kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity, directly or indirectly. So this is not the only way to cultivate compassion. This is not the only way to cultivate kindness. This is not the only way to cultivate joy. But it can be one way. It can be one method which suits some people and again, might not suit others. Like with the breath, if you are um, asthmatic, I might not recommend it, unless it really works for you, and listening could be better. Listening, if you have tinnitus, not such a good idea in a silent place. Might be okay outside if there are sounds. Question, the questioning, some people love it, And some people sit there thinking, why am I asking this stupid question? (laughs) Good point, good point. (laughs) If it's not useful, do something else. I mean, nothing is kind of sacred or special. So each has a little angle which might suit you or not. With this type of practice, that is loving kindness or any other, the way it works, in a way it's kind of like there is two mechanisms with it. One is that you introduce phrases. So generally with the loving-kindness meditation, meta-meditation, the phrases are, may I be happy, may you be happy, may I be at peace, may you be at peace, may I be safe, may you be safe. And so you just kind of in a way repeat the sentences. And so people can see these practices again in different ways. Personally, the way I see those practices is by using phrases as a mean to anchor. It works a little bit like the questioning. You come back to the question, you come back to the phrases, you come back to the breath, same thing. You get an anchor and you come back to it. It has the same function. But it is true that if you use words, Sometimes it can be like an antidote to having lots of thought. So one thought and then the other thought are not so powerful. At the same time, I am aware that some people are saying, may you be happy, may I be happy, it feels a little artificial. And then the phrases don't work for them. So that's for you to see if the phrases work or not. But personally, I see also this kind of practice as a kind of a questioning practice, as a looking deeply practice. Because before you bring the category of people, because generally you do it toward yourself, toward people in the room, lives outside the room, then some people you like, some people you are indifferent, then some people you have a little problem with and then you cover different relationships, you could say. And so you introduce the people either by saying their name or by bringing their image. But personally I think what we need to start with is with bringing somebody to mind that it be yourself or other. Can I bring the person to mind looking beyond what I like about them or dislike about them, what I think about them. And connected in the moment I bring them to the human being who is alive, who is breathing, whose life rests upon a single breath. And then wishing that human being well. So today I would like to suggest appreciative joy, altruistic joy, because I think it's an interesting practice and people are really used to the loving-kindness, so uh, this is one which is less covered. And so each of the qualities is seen as an antidote. And in a way, the antidote, appreciative joy, is an antidote to envy, what I would call negative comparing. They have everything, I have nothing. Often we see what we don't have. And this is a little practice about looking at what is it I have right now? And so there is a traditional way to do it. And personally I thought it would be useful to do it a slightly different way so that you really combine the anchoring and the questioning together. So now I'm going to give you Uh, the sentences I would suggest and I will do them in English but again you can do them in the language that uh, suits you. So I would suggest three (coughs) verbs, different pronouns and different (coughs) (coughs) objects and I try to keep it as simple as possible within that framework. So the first sentence I would suggest is appreciating my, this, your efforts. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to repeat it throughout, don't worry. So, appreciating my efforts. And this one is, why did I choose to, to, to say that? Because often we equate effort with effect. So we can try something, but if we don't have the effect, we think, I did not try hard enough. Or somebody else might tell you, doesn't work, try harder. And so in a way it's kind of really equating effort with effect, but I think they are different. Sometimes you can have the best of intentions, you can try the hardest you can, and it still might not work, but it doesn't mean you did not try, it doesn't mean you're not putting in effort. And so in a way it's kind of like, can I appreciate my effort? And as you sit here, can you appreciate your effort? And In a way, for me, this is very important because a lot of the time we sit in meditation or we are in our life and then we think back. You could say tonality of past. We go into the tonality of the past. And one of the things we seem to do is to think if I had tried harder in the past then it could have been different. So in a way, and I would like you to appreciate that in the past, you did the best you could considering the condition. Mm -hmm. Now you would do different, because now you are different. But then you really did the best you could. And so appreciating my effort is kind of seeing, yeah, I am trying the best I can considering the condition. And so sometimes the effort will be harder or less, sometimes more effect or less, but I will have, I have tried. I am trying the best I can. Then, the little change with the pronoun is to just play around with my effort and this effort. If I put this, is it a little less personal? Is there a little less reactivity? That's for you to see because anyway my effort is fine too because it's your effort and not your neighbor. So at that level there is no problem with my. But if you want to play a little bit with the not self you can say this effort and see how does it feel. Then there is appreciating your effort. And again, we do the same to people, that if they try something and the effect is not there, again, we say, well, they did not try hard. They did not try, try harder. I mean, that's, uh, I follow somebody on uh, Twitter with a wonderful blog, Purple Persuasion. She's a uh, bipolar. And she became known a few years back because she wrote a fantastic blog on the ten things you should not say to somebody who is depressed. And the first one was, try harder. (laughs) Because this is a thing. They're trying so hard, but their heart might be very minute compared to our heart because they have much less energy, their mood is very low. And so in a way, it's kind of recognizing that we have a tendency to think, if I can do it, they can do it. Not necessarily. And if somebody else thinks, if I can do it, you can do it, you know that, not necessarily. So in a way, I mean, personally, I love to look on uh, YouTube, seeing people doing parkour. They jump from thing there and there, and I think, wow, I would love to do this. But I doubt I will <laughs> ever you know, be able to jump, you know. So a kind of you know, whatever effort I put in, I would not have the same effect, that's for sure. <laughs> so in a way it's really recognising appreciating your effort for yourself and not from my point of view from yourself, from your condition and that you too generally try the best you can within the situation. Then there is a next sentence which is rejoicing in my, this, your here you have more choices so you can play around but don't don't make it confusing just choose one but this is just to play, explore a little bit, question. Understanding, happiness, generally we're okay with these two. And then the next one is just, if you want to be triggered a little bit, success, success. This is, uh, nowadays, uh, how is success defined? Actually by the number of people that follow you on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. You know, this person has two million followers, or that one has so many million followers. This is the this is way it goes. Me, I'm, uh, I'm on Twitter, but I'm very happy. I have a few followers, but I have never trended ever. <laughs> because that's my intention, to never trend. So again, one well, might have different intention. But it's interesting. Kind of, you know, uh, with understanding is recognising appreciating my understanding, this understanding, I too can understand something. I can have clarity, I can have insight. It's not just in the ancient text, it's not just in the teacher, it's not just in people I admire, but me too. I have that ability to be clear, to understand, to have wisdom, to have insight. Happiness is just to appreciate, to recognize, to rejoice. Oh, right now, (laughs) I'm fine. Actually, part of the awareness practice is to become more conscious in an organic way that right now, I am okay. In 10 minutes, maybe not. But when I'm okay, in a way, kind of the challenge is, can I be as aware that I'm okay that I am not okay. This is what I think mudita is about redressing, kind of like helping with the balance. That we are as aware of the unpleasant tonality as of the pleasant tonality, and also of the whole range of pleasant tonality, and rejoicing in this peace, in this calm, in this happiness right now. Just knowing it, I think it's very important. And then, there is also appreciating my success. I mean, you can uh, appreciate, uh, rejoice if you have uh, millions of followers, but maybe more like uh, rejoicing in your ability to do something well. For me, that's what this is about. The fact that, yes, I can be successful in the eyes of others, but I can be successful in my own eyes that I can do a good job. And I'm able to do that, to appreciate it. This is interesting. For what I do to have value, does it depend on somebody else saying, this is great? Or does it depend on me? Hmm, that's good. That was a good job. I have this capability, I have this capacity. That's an interesting thing to look at in terms of success. What does it mean, success? And then there is other aspect of, of course we rejoice if people have wisdom, understanding, as long as they don't have too much more than me. This is interesting. Does it make a difference if you think, hmm, they have more than me, you know, mm. Is it a competition? Or is it just that we appreciate, rejoice that people can be clear, can have insight? Generally, we rejoice in people's happiness, but up to a point. If somebody comes with a good news, oh, this is happening, this is fantastic, what do you do? Often you say, but what about this? What about that? And this happened, and that happened. They kind of like, Whoop! <laughs> <laughs> and they go book. Why do we do this? Right now they're happy. <clears throat> they have good news. We don't know what will happen later, but right now, can't we rejoice with them? To me, this is a practice. This really is a good practice. And in terms of success, it's interesting that if somebody seemed to have more success than me, is it taking away from me? Because often you have the feeling if they have a quarter, and you can still have the three quarter of it, but they still take away something for it's interesting. Generally not. You can be successful in your own way, they can be successful in their own way. And that's tricky. Again, success is tricky. Is it success for myself, (laughs) of a job well done, or is it success in the eyes of others? And that's why I think that the jobs that depend on other evaluation, like being an artist, like uh, many different... Certain jobs have it less, but other jobs have it big. That unless I am valued for others, I, I don't have food on my table. My my brother-in-law used to be a poor artist in a garret, uh, thirty-five years ago. Now he's moved up the rank. But I was so aware of that, you know that you can do something good, but if nobody else value it, and you need to sell it, what happens? This is interesting in terms of success. But still and we appreciate other success. But here, can I be very careful here? Here it doesn't mean success (coughs) of nasty people doing nasty things. It means success in terms of a job well done which does not cause harm. So let's be clear here. And then the last one is being grateful for our existence. And so here it's more kind of back to looking at this, our life, resting on a single breath. In a way, we could have lots of theory, but we don't know, we have this breath, we have this life, we have this potential, back to change from yesterday. What can we do with it? In a way, can we be grateful for it? and can we kind of, in a way, try to develop it to the best we can. And we might not necessarily be grateful for our existence, but I think we can still be grateful for our potential, the potential we have to live, to change, to explore, to be creative. And it's the same with the category of people, that, of course, generally we are grateful, for the existence of people who love us, we like them, uh, they support us. People we are indifferent towards, we have kind of little, little less, kind of. But personally, I'm very grateful for people who are working the garden center, uh, Kashir, or everywhere. I mean, so many, my life depends on so many different people. And I'm personally grateful for their existence, I'm grateful for what they do. And then, of course, it becomes even a little more difficult to be grateful for people who give you a little difficulty. Please, don't go with the difficult category to the people which are the worst people in the history of humanity. This really is not the idea. But the idea is more people you have a little difficulty with, not the most difficulty with. The idea is not to bring intensity through that. And of course, we cannot be uh, grateful for uh, their existence. I'm, I realize this very much with the senior I'm working with in France, Norway. But their potential for change, okay. I can be grateful for their potential of change. So that's why I introduce the potential. So in a way, it's kind of really, I see this practice not necessarily a producing a certain feeling, not, but really seeing this practice as an orientation, very much an orientation toward appreciation, rejoicing, gratitude. And then also see this practice as kind of slightly questioning, the automatic reaction we might have, certain reactivity we might have toward ourselves, toward others. I see that shifting it a little. Then, just uh, to finish with, and you'll see during the guided meditation this afternoon, I would suggest to do this actually in three different ways. I know I am multi-choice, multi-choice plus. But this is, because I see a retreat as an opportunity to explore. What can work for me better? So for some people, just to recite the sentences might be very good in terms of anchoring. You come back to the sentences and it really works in terms of anchoring. Or what you can do is more to combine it with a mindfulness exercise what is it I can appreciate right now? Just be with that. A little like Tiknatan does. Appreciate that I can hear, I can see, I have a breath, I have a body. So you could still be do the breath, anchoring in the breath and appreciating you breathe. Or you could do the body meditation and appreciating there is this body. Or you could be listening to the sound and appreciating, hmm, I hear sound. (coughs) So many things of that nature. Same with thought, you have lots of thought. Appreciating your brain is working, possibly a little overworking, but it's working. Electricity is doing its thing in there. Or, You could connect to the quality. How does it feel when we appreciate something? How does it feel when we feel joyful? How does it feel when we experience gratitude? So it's kind of like orienting toward that, seeing that at times we feel all these different things and generally they bring a little something to our experience. So in a, way see, in a way, today exploring, if you want to explore this theme, if it speaks to you, to see you can explore it in different way, either using the sentences, either in the mindfulness, either in the orientation. So, and also the phrases are are on the board. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharmaseed, please visit DharmaSed.org slash donate.